I'm a part-time rock star. What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 175 this week, featuring my guest Mark from Orange G out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He is an indie folk singer, songwriter. He's got a new album out. It's called The Void Bereft. Uh, I came across his music on Instagram, and I kind of wanted to showcase him on the podcast because I wanted to expand on the scene in Pittsburgh. Uh, So far, I believe my only previous guest uh, from that city was Fubar. Uh, so if you are friends or fans of Orange G, hopefully you enjoy the conversation. And uh, if you've not heard him before, I featured two songs on the episode. One is called A Song About Kung Fu, which we talked about in our interview. The other is called Burn Both Ends. Uh, if you like either of them, you can check them out <clears throat> wherever you stream music. And uh, you can follow Orange G on Facebook and uh Instagram and all those places. Uh, as always, thanks for supporting local music wherever you may be streaming from. Hopefully, you had a good Christmas and uh, hopefully, you're staying uh, sane and positive and all that stuff. Feel free to follow or subscribe to the podcast itself. Uh, if you like it, you can even drop a rating and uh, drop a review or something like that. That definitely helps the reach. Uh, in personal news and notes, I believe I have zero shows this week. Uh, just getting ready for the new year, I guess. So we'll see how it shakes out. Uh, Part-Time Rockstar Productions is up and running. If you're looking for any video content, uh, you can check out the YouTube page to kind of see what we do. Uh, I'm starting to get going, though. And uh, starting to pump out some new stuff. Uh, the merch store for the podcast is also up and running. If you're looking for a t-shirt or a bumper sticker or something like that. And then the sponsor of the show is Truly Strings Guitar Shop out of Laurel, Maryland. Uh, if you are in the DMV, definitely check out Truly Strings on Instagram. And uh, yeah, I take all my guitars there, and Steven is the luthier, does a great job. But uh, without too much further ado, get to the conversation. The song you're about to hear is called Burn Both Ends. And I go to work, work hard. I'm a part time rock star. Sick and tired of working, graveyard. the ground You can't burn the candle at both ends Feel like water is spread too thin Find a junction make a split and keep it all separate Hey. Hey, what's going on? Not much. How you doing, man? All right. Sounds like you can hear me, so that's a good start. How's my uh, sound coming through? Seems like it's working good, so I think we're we're good to go. Well, anyway, my name's uh, Brett, and uh, it's a little podcast I run over here in the uh, the DMV, kind of Baltimore area. Oh, cool. I know a few artists in Baltimore. Right on. Yeah, I think I just came across your uh, your page on Instagram or, or something like that. Yeah. I try to try to reach out to people kind of randomly. Sometimes I just need guests or, you know, sometimes I'm just looking for new uh, new territory to uh, nice. explore. 
Absolutely. Yeah. How's things over in uh, it's Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, yeah. I live in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. Things are good. Um, you know, the the weather here is uh, you know cooperating pretty well. I was getting really cold for a while. I was getting kind of sad because it uh, felt like fall just like slipped away from us. But it seems yeah. like it's back for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I guess the uh, only thing I know of Pittsburgh is if you care about sports, then we're probably natural enemies. But uh, oh other, yeah, other no. than that, <laughs> I uh, I don't know much. I haven't actually been up there before. Yeah, it's a cool city. You know, it's got a decent music scene, decent food scene, um, low cost of living. Things are affordable. Um, plenty of things to do. Lots of arts. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Becoming a good bike city, you know, like if you like cycling and that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, not necessarily, but uh wouldn't mind playing some music up there sometime. It seems like yeah, you're yeah. uh you're kinda in the uh I don't know, is it bluegrass scene? It's not really bluegrass, it's more like folk, I guess. Yeah, you know, indie folk, that kinda yeah. Yeah. Singer songwriter. Yeah, how's that been going? Really well. I just uh, I just had an, um, my debut album come out and had a show at um, at one of the venues here in town. Good pack room, really supportive, you know, nice. community, and felt like a good success. So that you know, that when yeah. you set up a show like that, you kind of have a nightmare that like nobody shows up, <laughs> and that didn't happen. So that was good. <laughs> right on. What was the uh, what was the venue? Mr. Small's Funhouse. So Mr. Small's is one of the um, venues. It's a renovated church um, that a lot of the bigger acts come through. You know, like the Punch Brothers came through and played at Mr. Small's. Guar came through and played at Mr. Small's. <laughs> nice. um, but the Funhouse is like a smaller venue that they have kind of for more more yeah. intimate, you know, like local bands and such. Smaller acts. Yeah, right on. Um, I guess this project of yours is uh, somewhat new right i mean uh, at least according to spotify you got like what uh the, the brand new album out of course and then uh some singles and some random stuff kind of prior to that yeah yeah i uh i started in the pandemic so yeah uh you know when the world shut down and nobody you know knew what to do <laughs> um <laughs> You know, I, I started going to virtual open mics and uh, somebody at one of those open mics just said, hey, you know, you should put your stuff on YouTube or something. Just like you know, get it out there. Get it somewhere. Yeah, why not? And I started a social media account and started putting my stuff out there and like was really pleasantly surprised that there were people out there who wanted to hear it. Yeah. yeah. You've been writing songs for a while or just uh, literally just as of 2020? I had been writing songs. Um, I've been yeah. playing guitar since I was a little kid. But, yeah. But yeah, I, I think maybe like the last 10 years, I, I, you know, I'd been writing songs on and off. And uh, during the pandemic, it really intensified and I, I got way more into it. Yeah. I feel like uh, that happened to quite a number of people. At least, uh, yeah. From what I've noticed, I've definitely talked to. A number of people here just doing this and uh that's a definitely a common theme for sure yeah i think i think 
a lot of us didn't realize how important it was to express ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I know for me, it was just like, I started working like a real job for a while and kind of stopped. And then like, I don't know, certain, certain point just got, got the itch back again, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. So are you, are you working like a full-time gig too on top of music or? Um, I was, I've been, um, uh, last 10 years I was working in the fire department as a, uh, paramedic. So hence the name of the, uh, the podcast and, and all that stuff. Gotcha. Part-time rock star. Yep. But yeah. I mean, it felt like <laughs> it was, like part-time rock. <laughs> it was pretty characteristic of just about everyone. I know there are no few full-timers, but even then, you know, <laughs> everybody's got a hustle on something oh yeah no absolutely it it's hard it's hard uh making time for music when you're also working to provide because you know music doesn't make a lot of money unless you're you know hyper famous yeah yeah i mean um i guess of the people who've rolled through town who you've played with have you uh hopped on any of those like i don't know i hesitate to call them bigger bills but just like um any bands that kind of stick out in your mind that you played with? Yeah, I I just did a show um, at another kind of like mid tier venue. Uh, some really some acts that I've like I've um, I really like admire have played at this venue called Club Cafe in town, and I opened for a band that was touring, and that, and that was the first time that I was asked to do that. So I was really stoked to. Um, you know, get on their radar a little bit and, and uh, have the opportunity to, you know, play for, you know, a, a band that might have its own kind of audience and, and such. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah. Their was name the... was Tenth Mountain. They were cool. Tenth who? Tenth Mountain Division. Gotcha. And I guess they're also within the same uh, genre, I'd imagine. Yeah, they're a little bit more kind of like jam bandy. You know. Yeah. But you know, there's if there's banjos and they had a mandolin, you know, I I can see how they made the connection, or whoever booked the show made the connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. Did you come? Like, which scene did you come, or which uh, genre did you come from? Have you always kind of done the folk singer songwriter thing, or were you doing something different? Yeah. So. So I think my music is kind of hard to place at times, especially uh, the studio recorded stuff. When I'm playing live, I usually play solo, though I, I do have a couple of friends that will back me up uh, from time to time. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, the stuff that I've produced, uh, like on my album, you know, kind of spans the range. There's some proggy elements in, in what I do and some harder rock. Um, I did uh, a project this year with my friends in the UK. Um, uh, we, we formed a band to record an EP. And that EP is really Britpop kind of influence because they're both you know, British. And, yeah. And uh, as you know, there's a harmonica in there in a couple of those songs. So it sort of brings, you know, kind of the bluesy and folksy kind of um leanings that i have together with what they were doing yeah we're called the round lakes ah i gotcha yeah it's cool um so yeah i mean uh 
I guess I imagine, you know, you probably want to promote the brand new thing, the uh, the Void Bereft, uh, a bit, the twelve songer. Um, got a bunch of songs on there. Um, I was checking out the uh, the video, but I think it was a video for an older one. It was um, Donkey's Tale. Yeah, that's uh, the Round Legs project. Yeah, it was still on your channel there. So I mean, yeah, uh, we can talk about the the latest and greatest though. Uh, yeah, yeah. Usually the way this works is I slap on like a song at the front end and one at the back uh, to kind of give people like a feel for what you do. Um, I don't know if there's a song in particular, you know, a single or maybe just one, sort of spontaneously now in the moment that you feel like yeah, you want to yeah. mention. Like a good one that's upbeat would be like a Burn Both Ends. That's got like a, a good driving force to it. Gotcha. There's swear words in one of the songs, so I don't know if it's oh. uh, uh, yeah. allowed on your podcast or not. <laughs> oh, you can uh, curse away. It don't matter yeah. to me. Song or, about Kung Fu kind of a fun one. Yeah. The, uh, the only thing that's somewhat annoying is if you curse and then later request it, edit it out. Then I have to go back and like <laughs> go in there and find them. But um, now you uh, do you have any? What is uh? What are either of those songs about? Either Bird Both Ends or uh, Kung Fu? Yeah. So um, so they actually, I think, are actually both on topic for your your podcast because they're both about um being a part-timer in some sense right so burn both ends yeah. is about trying to find time to to you know for like the creative aspects in in your life and and you know like imbalancing that with with um you know your day job your career and everything so like finding time to to you know get everything you want out of life and a song yeah. about Kung is a little bit more literal. It's it's um, it's about what I do in my day job and kind of mixing it with uh, this um, this rock and roll lifestyle that that I have mm. as like a second life. <laughs> so, are you like an instructor, or, uh, like Kung Fu, or do you like do you like run a, a dojo or something? So, the song about Kung, Kung Fu. I'll, I'll give you the spiel, um, the the story on this one. So. Um, yeah, I started releasing music in the pandemic and I remember like first or second release that I, that I put out, I was just really feeling, um, you know, just so, so elated by the response of people. It really made me feel like a rock star, yeah. um, to have folks on social media just kind of go bonkers about this song. And, uh, and, and then I realized that like, I'd kind of like, you know, when I was leaving high school, I had this fantasy of going back to the high school reunion mm-hmm. as this like totally triumphant, you know, kick-ass guy, like, you know, like I'm a rock star and um, I kind of had it in my head that I, I wanted to come back like a super successful professional. Um, and, um, and uh, I kind of am fairly successful in what I do for my day job. I'm a, I'm a professor um, at the university here in Pittsburgh Nice. And, um, you know, I do research. I'm a scientist. So, you know, we, we, um, what's your uh, field of, oh, okay. There you go. Answer my question. 
Yeah, yeah, we studied genetics. And and so uh, I wrote a song about Kung Fu, about the one thing that I thought I, I needed when I left high school uh, uh. to really kick ass at the high school reunion. And, of course, it was, you know, getting that black belt in Kung Fu. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that was that was the cool thing at the time, maybe. That I, I don't know why... I needed to be all those things to feel successful, but, um, you know, yeah. you have a lot of room to grow when you're, uh, you know, the mind of a high schooler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's the, uh, latest and greatest subject in, uh, genetics that's going on? Any, any fun controversies, any fun, uh, breakthroughs or just random stuff people wouldn't know? Oh my gosh. Um, I think, a huge, a huge uh, revolutionary wave in in genetics research um, is um, is all this machine learning that's happening. Um, yeah. All these computer programs for predicting how a protein might fold and how bits of the genome might might work uh, as we're trying to decode genomes. So it's it's um, it's a huge puzzle. Like you know, we can't you know we've you know, before all these tools were coming out, it was really hard to look at a protein that you didn't know what structure it had and yeah. predicted structure. And now we have this Google AlphaFold thing wow. that like people are using to predict. And people are also doing this for other bits of the genome that have important functions. And so we're really, you know, starting to like um, see the power of these machines that can like do so much work um, in in decoding things for us. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. You do you have any uh, opinions on CRISPR at all? It's one of my favorite talking points. Yeah, we use CRISPR in my lab, and um, and uh, I think that there's a you know like before the pandemic hit, um, there was a lot of momentum about CRISPR and all the ethics of CRISPR and right. everything. I feel like when I was analyzing those ethical arguments because I have to teach them um, mm-hmm. you know one thing is that so at this point of the conversation the call dropped and I had to call Mark back and we're back <laughs> yeah yeah uh, but yeah. you were saying yeah you were analyzing some ethical arguments or teaching them yeah, yeah, with CRISPR, you know, so we're so far away from having all the things that people are worried about, you know, that, yeah. that we're going to, you know, be able to edit our babies and have them have all the wonderful traits that we think that they ought to have and everything. Like, we know so little about how how phenotypes work. And so, yeah. uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, light years away from having to worry about it too much, I think. But yeah, we'll think, see. Yeah. Yeah, I always kind of just figure it'll be like the next version of racism, or you can slap in classism in there too. So that's why I find yeah. it so interesting, because like inevitably it'll exist, and inevitably it'll class out people from you know. It'll be very um, sort of sort of Aldous Huxley, I would say, where they have the separate societies of you know the peasants and then like the superhumans. That are almost like another species because they've had all the bad genes edited out, so it's almost like they need a new classification. Yeah, I I can see that being being a problematic in the far. Um, but you know, I think if if capitalism rules uh, everything, we also probably have a, a pretty 
big chance that you know the planet will be inhabitable by the time that that's capable. Yeah. It depends uh, how fast uh, the AI can decipher these phenotypes. I would that's say. That's right. So, until, until until I guess the race is on. I don't know. But uh, yeah. back to back to the music. I suppose I don't imagine that subject matter comes up totally lyrically, does it? In any particular song, the day uh, the day job. I mean, other than just maybe lamenting it, of course. But. Yeah, yeah. One of my songs, Orion Zero, is about the ten year process and how crappy it is. Um, What's the so. ten year process? Oh, just the the process by which a professor gets like lifelong. Oh, okay, yeah. I I thought I heard ten year. That's my bad. Oh, when I was a kid, that's what I thought it was too. I was like, why oh. do you keep on talking about? <laughs> why does this take ten years? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the um, yeah, every once in a while, a little bit of biology ends up in my um, in in my music. Um, the my song sepia dreams uh it's kind of a spoken word song on the album uh kind of uh goes into like what my life might be like uh if i was reincarnated as a cephalopod uh, huh. as a fish and I, I i read up on cuttlefishes and all their amazing biology to like inspire the song interesting because it's just a lot lot of craziness to what they can do and the way they change their patterns and color patterns and camouflage and everything they're remarkable creatures so they're chameleons or they're similar to chameleons i mean yeah yeah even yeah on steroids (laughs) nice yeah Yeah. were you interested in like biology uh, before you got into genetics is that what like how it how the path went or was it a little different than that you know, I, I, um, I had a really weird path to, you know, every career that I guess I've had, music career and scientific yeah. career. Um, yeah, I was kind of a, I was a deadbeat in high school. Um, you know, I think I discovered girls and smokes and drugs yeah. and all the other good things. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I wasn't particularly competitive for height, you know, like for colleges and stuff such so i ended up being an ag major and uh i was not your typical ag student you know Um, yeah and uh, yeah i think it it took me a while to like kind of get out of like realize that that my future would be a lot better getting out of this ag centric discipline that i was in that i had to get in to get into college um and to go into more basic biology. So, you know, mentors in my life, people that I talked to, you know, people that I enjoyed, you know, having like discussions with at work, um, uh, you know, when I was like moving away from the whole ag thing that were really influential. Um, yeah, you kind of have, like, I think in all things, you have to like let things simmer and sit a little bit to really understand like what, what it is you want out of life. And oftentimes what you think you want is not really what you want. Yeah. And then I guess not to be too broadly philosophical, but it's all a journey, I guess. It all leads to something else. Oh, yeah. For sure. It's kind of how I feel about music in general, I guess. It's like 
no matter what you're involved in, you could be in, involved in it a hundred percent, but then like there may come a time where you're just like, Oh, that really just kind of like led me to learn or get myself involved with something that was almost like separate, you know, just like a, a signpost on the old highway, but who knows? Absolutely. Yeah. I often write songs to just process the world around me, you know, like, yeah. You know, one of my songs, Look Both Ways, I wrote it after after going to open mics for the first few times, like, um, after, like, before the pandemic. And um, just that feeling when, you, when you're, like, a new musician going into a new open mic and feeling like everyone is looking at you until you, like, feel confident and comfortable in what you're trying to put out there. I feel like it's really stressful. I found a lot of anxious, like anxiety. And so kind of yeah. wrote a song about like, just remembering that like, not everyone just like instantly hates you and <laughs> yeah, thinks you're bad or whatever. Yeah. Unless you actually suck maybe, but. <laughs> oh knows? yeah. I, that's but, true. Uh, but you know, like what, what somebody might turn into with a little encouragement. Oh like, yeah. No, I actually, might... I figure when it comes to open mics, conversely like that it's a bit more um liberating if you haven't been there before because like people might actually pay attention where if you've been there 40 times sort of like oh here comes this old dude again singing about the same old crap but when you go somewhere new or a new city or whatever like it's all fresh to the listener theoretically that's that's true do you do you go to different open mics often do you like try Um, to mix it up i mean i not really as much. I feel like I, I got on a good little streak there once where I, I try to hit him up somewhat regularly. But now I just try to play hopefully a different venue with the band. Um, partially, I I think what happened is I started doing so many like cover, so like acoustic shows, you know, at the bars or whatever, where you're actually getting paid that I um, sort of let the uh, open mic thing go by the wayside. But it is... Um, it is definitely fun to try out a new song or like, and just see, you know, if it, if it even works like, um, much, much less if people care. I don't know. That's a different animal too. Yeah. It's really hard to, um, it's really hard to book gigs where, where, um, especially when you're new to like book gigs in the right space for you where you can play your originals. You know, I feel like, there's a lot of room for like being, you know, you know, being the background music to somebody's dinner at a, at a bar yeah. or something. They, they, you know, they really want you to play some covers. And, you know, yeah, for sure. Recognizable tunes. Something yeah. I struggle with is like, you know, trying to find that live audience. Cause I love playing live and like figuring out, you know, like, like how best to build those connections. I think you have to play a lot of shows to empty rooms to, <laughs> Yeah, cut your teeth on it like, slowly build you know like you're following city by city <laughs> pretty much but theoretically you get better at it hopefully you know as you go oh. so, I don't know I just figured power working can't yeah. be underestimated too <laughs> yeah and it makes you more appreciative I guess when you do get an audience definitely definitely I guess from talking to people on on here I've I have noticed a similar sentiment to what you kind of said about like, I don't know, 
like there being an issue between playing covers and originals. And I've just like never thought of it that way, I guess, because I, I grew up playing covers. And so right, I, right. I just book them completely differently. So my mentality is just different going into it. It's like, obviously, if I booked an original show, then, you know, I'm all about trying to, to do everything I can to make the song kind of interesting or whatever it is. I'm just, you know, trying to entertain and hope, hope people kind of appreciate it. And then going on the cover show, I guess what I just said is similar. But, you know, I don't expect to have to do anything people haven't heard before or don't have to expect them. Maybe I just don't try as hard is all I'm trying to say <laughs> because you don't have to. Oh, you're playing cover. Like, people have heard the songs before, but it's like, I don't know, I just booked them differently, so I just, I don't really care, you know? It's like, I don't, I don't need people to hear my originals unless they, like, really want to. If, if I've booked it that way, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, I think that's a really good attitude. I mean, there's gray area, of course, but usually, usually you're kind of booked one way or the other, so. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to do the, I'm trying to do the original thing. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, but just, uh, it's it, it could be hard. <laughs> yeah, it's just harder to find the venues. Um, yeah, social media has been great for connecting with people, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Twitter in 2020, and although Twitter is you know maybe gonna explode, and I hope it won't, you know, like I, I got like up to 12,000 followers, and like, wow. Yeah, it felt felt you know really really that's, nice to. That's probably your busiest platform. Then I didn't go through every one of your links necessarily, but it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Twitter is an easier place to grow and connect with people. Like it's easier to find people that you don't know. You know. And, and that's weird because I I just don't know how to use Twitter. I think at one point I oh, yeah. I, I gave it the college try. And just like, yeah, I never, I still try to post on there, at least for the podcast, but I, um, I never really used it for the band that much, but either way, I'd never found it to be, <laughs> I guess I just, I don't know if I was just using you it wrong. Little tricks, like, for example, a tweet that has a link in it is going to get downgraded by the algorithm. Right. And so... If you want people to watch your podcast, you have to not put the link in the in the tweet. You got to gotcha. put it in your bio or something like that. You can't put uh, an image that has a whole lot of text on it yeah. on Instagram or Twitter because the algorithm is going to say, "Oh, that's text." They're trying to get you to do something that isn't the platform. You know, right. Like the link that gets you off the platform, they downgrade it because yeah. Um, they they want people to stay on platform and see ads and get revenue right. <laughs> for the yeah i think that's the same same for all of them and, but maybe that is what i've been doing wrong i don't know i thought maybe you need to use more hashtags or you got to i don't even know what <laughs> like, for sure um but yeah no that, that's cool that uh you're able to work it like that i mean uh you definitely got uh some streams out of it for sure seems like your spotify is uh doing pretty well kicking some ass 
doing all right. It's doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you got listed on a, a bunch of playlists, so I don't know if that happened uh, organically or if you bought the bot farm. But uh, either way, it seems to be working out all right. Yeah. I, you can't really believe people's stream numbers, can you? <laughs> Not at all. But uh, they don't hurt, especially for getting gigs and all that stuff. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, the bot farm is, is pretty um, is pretty ubiquitous, I, I find. Like, mm. but, uh, yeah. With your... What's if you up? go into the Spotify practice and you look at, at some of these streams and you see like huge spikes and drop offs like that, it's like, oh, bot farm. That's yeah. when the credit card declined right there. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's cool that like, uh, it seems like you're building momentum. Um, are there any like obvious uh, comparisons that you get or like uh, maybe a better way of just asking that would be like do you have any particular uh, heroes in the songwriting world or uh, just yeah. general influences um, from a voice perspective I get um, I hear people say that I sound like Tom Waits a lot and yeah I'm, I'm trying to be nicer to my voice though I'm trying to get rid of some of the growls and taking voice lessons right now actually nice um, and uh, that is a humbling experience because you you have this vocal coach telling you like, don't sing like this. It sounds whiny. <laughs> it's kind of a mind yeah. screw. But uh, a huge influence for me, one of my favorite bands is Bright Eyes, Connor Oberst. Um, yeah. The big fan of his songwriting and, and uh, just the mood in his music. So uh, that that's a huge one for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool, man. Well, uh, if I ever do uh, get out Pittsburgh way, I'll have to maybe uh, find your your favorite haunt, whatever bars are around or something like that. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, we got a to... ton of microbrews and okay. yeah, that's a get grab a beer or something. Come to one of my open mics, you know. Or... Yeah, man, for sure. Um, actually, yeah. Now that you mentioned it, I think in your links you said you host an open mic. Is that true? And if so, I imagine you'll probably want to at least mention that, if not promote it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So the open mic that, that caused me to start all my socials and everything, it's still going on. It's a virtual open mic called handbonesopenmic.com. Okay. And uh, that's the URL. And uh, yeah, it was named after a venue in Pittsburgh called Handbones that uh, had a uh, uh, legendary open mic just a really comfortable open mic where people could go and it would be really inclusive and friendly uh, friendly crowd um, yeah and uh, when it, when the pandemic hit um, one of my friends victory she took the open mic online and so they meet on zoom and YouTube it's actually happening right now I'll be playing here in a little bit I got on the list uh, and it expanded from um, from just being a Pittsburgh thing to kind of being a international thing. So we, we get performers from all over the U.S. Several of my friends in the in the Baltimore area um, come out and play, um, and uh, 
you know, we, we get uh, people from Canada, from, from Australia who, who comes every once in a while, New Zealand, what have you. So, um, yeah, it's kind of cool and it's a good place to connect with artists, uh, you know, across the globe and, uh, you know, play your music for them. Yeah. I'd probably be down to come on that one time. It'd be fun. Yeah. You should come by. Yeah. It's a good, good time. You come in at seven o'clock Eastern, you can get a sound check, get on the list. (laughs) Nice. They'll help you with the zoom settings on how to get the music sounding the best. Yeah, I guess you just, you know, got to have the mics or whatever it might be. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that would work. That mic. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, I appreciate your time and coming on here, hanging out. Usually takes me a couple weeks to kind of get these things actually out and live. But uh, I will put on the two songs that you mentioned. Um kind of spacing on what they were but i'll go back and check yeah 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 burn both ends and a song about kung fu <laughs> right got it so get those on there and uh yeah other than that is pretty much all i got unless uh, i need like uh something mentioned that i didn't get to or a last minute shout out or something i don't know um yeah i think i think that's it i will say um just like one of the things one of the things that um has helped me balance um the part-time rocks really well is this last month i've been taking a songwriting workshop oh, nice. this guy bill elvirium or elverum um who's the lead singer of this band mount erie or the microphones is his other band his other project and the first assignment was to meditate every day nice and i've been doing it for the last month uh 30 minutes a day in the morning and i just have to say that it's helped me so much in my time management skills and focus and everything just to be able to like just be more calm and collected in my day job and be more purposeful in my musical life um and so i'll just sit throw that out there as as something that's on point for your podcast that um that you know Hell yeah. Uh, like, I don't think anybody will listen to this podcast and be like, oh, I'm going to go meditate now. But maybe it helps plant a seed for somebody that, like, they hear it from a few different places. And they're like, oh, I'm going to give that a try. So, Yeah, man. I, I don't think meditation ever uh, ever hurt anybody. That's for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Um, I'll probably just uh, email you or text you if I have any more, like, questions uh, while I'm putting this thing together but other than that absolutely uh it's nice talking to you and uh hopefully hey, what good, was your uh, first name again sorry uh it's brett like Favre and uh bueller like ferris that's usually how i awesome. go so it was it was real chatting with you brett and um and yeah if you come into pittsburgh let me know you know give me send me shoot me a text or a dm and you know i'll tell you what open mics are there's some you know there's a great one on monday and a great one on wednesdays so yeah, I'm definitely looking uh, for some venues here. I'm trying to put together maybe a couple of dates out there or something. So yeah, the Monday one you can like you can contact them and be a feature, and that's like a 20 minute set in the open mic. So yeah. people like will put out a merch. Table. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's kind of like 
easy way to book a show in Pittsburgh if you're like coming through. I I don't know if they pay the featured act, but um, yeah, whatever. I think they try and yeah help, help them out. That's cool. Yeah, it's a great way to get exposure as a new artist in town, though. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll probably let you get going here, but uh, like I said, uh, appreciate it. Have a good night. Alright, well, uh, thanks for listening. If you made it this far, the song that you're hearing in the background is called A Song About Kung Fu. It is by Orange G. You can check them out wherever you stream music. See you next week.